Are y'all as, as excited as I am about the Word of God? Good. Three great speakers. Number one, we're going to have uh, Brother Jonathan Hijackson come and minister to us the Word of God tonight. He's going to preach and teach some faith to us. Amen. And then we're going to have Minister Barbara Odom come and minister the Word of God to us. And we're going to release her to do whatever God tells her to do. And then finally, we'll close out with Evangelist Ernestine Bland is going to come and minister the Word of God. So please receive each one of them with a hearty amen when they come. Amen. Brother Jonathan, come on and minister to us tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Wow, I feel the love and the, like you said, the coziness. Wow, I'm just smiling. Praise God. Um, first, I want to give honor to my man of God, my dad in the faith, my uh, woman of God, my mother in the faith, Pastor. Kimberly Anderson, Apostle Jonathan Anderson. Yeah, God is good. Yes. And also, I believe my mother, my beautiful mother is here. Amen. And my beautiful niece are here. And also, I want to give honor to them, honor to my boss. <laughs> Miss Maria, she's here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, so today I'm actually doing uh, with the faith. I'm also doing uh, a few illustrations because God is he's really, really been moving on my heart um, over this week, over this time uh, when it comes to um, not only that now you pushing beyond yourself, but when pushing in others, you see you see things when it comes to faith, when it comes to quality. So before I get started, um, the Lord really impressed on the scripture in my mind was uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. So we can go there, please. So this just shows, you know, when the Lord use you, you know, you, uh, you got to let him use you in terms of just, just going with him. Um, sometimes you, you want to think you have uh, to prep or anything when it comes to, it can be the smallest things. When it comes to your breakfast, you know, I'm using breakfast because food is important to me. <laughs> he said, uh, you know, you just, you, you like the taste, you like the taste of something, you know, and enjoy it, but see the quality in it. You know, see the, the nutrients in it. Don't look at the, the outside because it's decorated nice on it. You know, the color's nice, it's laid out nice. You know, that's, the, that's what it's made to do. They want to sell it to you like that. But look at, you know, the inside. Look at what's it, what it's built on. You may look at something. Um, I like oatmeal with peanut butter on it. I like, oh, I mix it in there. I put the almond milk inside it. And I use all those ingredients. <laughs> but... I could have had that if I didn't put it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's how it is, I believe, when I look at faith. So 2 Corinthians already up here. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Meaning I, I choose not to know anything or think about anything outside of what the Lord told me. And that's about with faith. I'm going to teach with the measure in faith. Because there's measure in faith. 
Um, I want to start with Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Praise the Lord. Bear with me for a moment. Yes, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Amen. For I say through the grace given to me. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. For I see, for I see through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So I want to touch on the first part uh, where it says, for I see through the grace given to me. So with grace, I can always, because when I, when I learned about God, I thought about it, you know, the greatest caretaker, my mother. I love her so much, but my trouble was when I was coming to know God and coming into the faith, I couldn't see past my mother as my greatest caretaker. And uh, when I had that revelation that, um, you know, she's, because I, I had a grace. In a natural, I had a grace to love my mother and, and see her love that she has for me. Knowing that whatever happened, she has me. Right. You know, I'll give one illustration and, <laughs> like I said, that's it. I was, uh, <laughs> I just put it because Pastor really impressed in my mind when he said how God protects us earlier. Um, I was, Going, I was doing the wrong thing, starting to going down the street, and it's a, it's a market called Novells. I was going to it, and uh, and I had no no business going there. I, my grandmother was in the house. I said, I said, Grandma's going outside. One lied, and uh, and two, I'm walking down walking down there and uh, open the gate. I said, I'm just going down the street, no problem. <laughs> down the street turned into bigger problems. <laughs> Back then, the style was the GBN shirt and the, they had the pickle sauce. That's, that's it. That's it. And so I went, went in there, came out. They see, you know, my mom, I see her van. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> she said, that's why I got to keep an eye on you. But that's why God says that even, you know, when we come into faith, I say all that to say this. When we come into faith, when we have received him, as our Lord and Savior, we got to understand he's always, when we make mistakes, because we're going to make mistakes, we first come in. When we made that mistake, he said, uh, he sees, they said, I'm, that's why I got to keep my eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, it, the love, because, you know, love corrects. And I think about that when I teach my children, with love correcting, love also overlooks a multitude of transgressions. So with saying that, that really, came a revelation to me because I said, no, I got to play this by the book. You in trouble, so you're going to serve your, uh, your detention, what have you. Right. Now, that's how teachers in the world think. This is what the Lord showed me. But teachers in the school are led by the Spirit, led by the Spirit of God. They see that Johnny had something going on emotional-wise. He had a motive behind what he did that separated him from the consequences of the, someone who did the same mistake, the same thing. He did that same thing, but the motive was different. Because that teacher, the teacher in the world sense, he'll look at uh, Johnny and the teacher's led by that emotion. And uh, with that emotion, oh, I, I have guests, let me back up a bit. So when you're saved, the spirit, right? We're spirit first, 
and the spirit quickens. So the spirit is good because it's based on that word of God. That's our father. That's dad. And that spirit quickens, that soul man, that's when you, you feel like, oh, I got a little gray here. I don't know what to do with this situation. That's because you got to, he, he's still dirty. When, you, when you're saved, that soul is still dirty. He's still something else. <laughs> he's still something else. <laughs> you can ask me how I know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. When I was saved at 17, I found out, I, it, I like, okay, I feel, I'm like, Lord, okay. It's not magical experience. You still feel the same things, have the same thing going on. It's not a magical experience. <laughs> but that spirit, man, he quickens. And when you're, like for me, I'm related to teaching. When you are looking at your ch the child, you know, that, that soul, man, is leading. When you're in the world since you haven't been saved. So you're going, you're thinking about it at the same time. Your kid at home, whatever you got going on, you're saying, Johnny, uh-uh. You and so-and-so. I don't care. Look, I got a, what is it, five, it's 5.30 p.m. I should have been off at five. You two, you did something wrong. Both of you guys going to detention. And you didn't realize there's something else going on with that. And that could be detrimental to whatever it is he, else he has going on that Johnny has going on. So you got to be real sensitive and look at the quality, the quality of both children, the true quality. Because there's quality and there's true quality. And true is so important. It's so important. Because people look at uh, truth they see it in this, they see it in that. They, one thing that bothered me even when I wasn't um, spirit-filled was people using the word love. I love this, I love this, I love it. I said, no, 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 because my grandmother was, okay, she just, everything she did was of substance, you know. If she was going to do something, she did it fully. She didn't half do it. I said, Grandma, um, you know, I'm going to just put this hot pocket in here. Uh, the hot pocket, she like, okay, so, you know, dinner coming up. I'm like, well, you know, I'm getting this hot pocket. But she knew before I knew that that hot pocket, it tastes so good. Mm. It tastes so good. But it only takes two minutes to make. But guess what? You'll be hungry an hour later. You need something. She knew she needs you something that sticks to you, something substance. Something that'll stick to you. So I said, okay. I went other time. After I learned, I said, I'm going to take time. And, you know, I smell it coming. When I saw that, you know, coming in, the, the cast iron, the cornbread coming out, everything is laid out. <laughs> everything is laid out. <laughs> and yeah, you wait for it. <laughs> and when it when it comes, you eat it, it's take it sticks to you and you appreciate it. And that's how the word of God, we have to take this word of God. You know. And the great thing about it, it doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter where you start. We talked about it this morning that uh, with the word of God, you know, it's, what matters is that you're in faith. What matters is that you make it. And you can go, you, I just came to my mind with the Olympics. You know, you make it to the Olympics, you in there. The family sees you on television. You already have a couple sponsors. Hey, a couple money's going to him, whatever, whatever. Even if he doesn't win. He came in eighth place. All right. All right. <laughs> He's on the charts. <laughs> on the charts. Yeah. But, yeah, but before that race, there were other races. There were other races that qualified it, but with, within that, there's, there's something called the lesser and the greater. 
uh, the greatest meaning we're being saved. So there's a big race. So he was leading all those previous races up to that, the big race, the uh, Olympics. But within that, those races to get to the Olympics, he had those other races. So we actually, we already accomplished our greatest race, which is being saved, the biggest race. Yeah. Yeah. But whoever had a feeling other than me that, you know, after I was saved, I'm still on earth, you know. I'm still on earth, and it's still things, it's still people that I love, it's still things going on, uh, people attached to me, uh, what have you, that some aren't saved, some who are saved, they still live like hell, you know. Just to be honest, some are living like hell, and um, you love them so much, but guess what, when you get saved, you have to get past yourself. <clears throat> you know, the reason I say that, some of you say, wait a minute, you just said you saved, so things change. No, it's something right here in the scripture that I want to touch on. It says, uh, let's go back to Romans 12, verse 3. So I say, for I say through the grace given to me. So I talked about the grace given to me when it comes to your natural relationship, your mother, father. Also, you know, with God, he's protecting you to everyone who is among you and not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But there's a level you must think. And the problem is a lot of Christians don't think high enough. They don't even reach the part where it says not to reach too high. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you get saved and, um, you know, you get saved, you go doing your thing. You maybe come back to church Easter Sunday, what have you. You know, ask me how I know. <laughs> uh, but other than that, you know, eventually you go through uh, trials and tribulations, but you don't see them as trials and tribulations. Um, at least I can speak for myself. You know, what I saw is me getting to the end of myself. Um, when you get to the end of yourself, that's when the Lord can really, really, who, he already has his hand on you, but that's when he can reveal things and uncover things that are already yours. Because you have these people, you have these things that just reveal to you. And I thank you, my man of God, for showing that to me, you know, Father God. Um, but with that, you know that there's that level. That's why I brought these um, rulers here to show that illustration that there's a level that we must attain. And this small, itty bitty rule, I'm going to grab it now, about six inches, right? So on this side, you don't see any inches, you don't see any centimeters, all you see is a stick. <laughs> that's all it essentially is, and that's, uh, that's the flesh. That's all the flesh, because when the flesh is led by feelings, you got, you got a sense where you are emotionally, because that's all you can get in touch with. And I heard my, uh, I was teaching today, the yoga instructor, the kids were doing yoga, and I said, usually I don't sit in there, but the Lord said, you sit in there today. So I sat in there, and the yoga instructor, uh, she said, you know, you have to have feeling, because it's all feeling in this yoga. It's, it's all feelings. And I said, thank you. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> that helps my discernment better. <laughs> so, but with that, it is. Because you got to feel your way on this to know where you are. You can't see anything. You can't see. You don't know this is four right here. You don't know that's four inches right here. You have no idea. Only way you know that's four inches because you measured it and you compared it to something. You compared it to something that looks like this on the outside because man looks on the outer. So you compared it to something else because you see the length of it. 
but you had to do that with experience. You see, we have something called revelation. See, now it's revealed. When you turn this over, you see inches, you see centimeters, you can go how far you want to go. And guess what? We get a whole ruler, but not only that, we get a, when we save, man, we get big old stick, yo. Oh, you see this here? <laughs> and we get this here. But guess what happens? There's something called uh, renewing our mind. And I talked about that soul man earlier. And with the renewing the mind, it can go like this. If your mind isn't renewed, you can be thinking you're like this. Come on. You don't even know what track you're on. You don't even know if you're on track. Come on. You have no idea. When the Lord is telling you on a straight and narrow, the enemy tells you you're going this way, that way, this way, that way. Oh, sometimes I'm with the Lord, some way I'm this way. So you're just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. On a good day, if you hear a good word, you know. <laughs> you okay? Okay? You hear something you want to hear. <laughs> just like kids. You know what? Just like kids do it. My kids do it too. They do like this. Mr. Jonathan. Oh, because my kids in summertime, they call me Mr. Jonathan. They say, Mr. Jonathan. Oh, I, I like this. I like this. Okay, kids, we're going to take out our journals. I'm like, what's, what's going on? Mr. John, it's summertime. We just want to have fun. I'm like, learn and learn. You got to learn something. Okay? <laughs> and um, I say, Miss Maria, no. <laughs> and she knows. So that's what it talks about with that. Um, you got to learn something. That's what our pastor tells us. Don't, don't cover your ears. Don't be like, pastor says, okay. You're going to get better today. This is what you're going to do. Because he sees the good in you. He sees the true you. He sees that truth in you that you don't see. That you need to see. And when you see it, hold on to it. You see, he put something in me that's in everybody else. And that's something called being uh, persistent. Because when you're persistent, you don't care what it looks like. You just know that once you find out that's the truth and you need to get that, you don't care. You don't care. And, uh, you know, even with whatever it is you're doing, you know, walk like you know uh, who's inside of you. Walk like you know who's inside of you. And uh, do it. Do it in a way where you're not, you're not below where he wants you to be in terms of when it comes back to the measure of faith. And that's what we're getting into furthermore. Um, because we can't be led by, he gave, the Lord gave me a word a week ago, right? He said, you can't be led by your emotions, whether they're, I said, I know, I know that, Lord. I know we can, I can't be led by emotions, Lord God. I hear you. He said, no, no, let me finish. Let me finish. I said, okay, Lord, okay. <laughs> I said, okay. He said, you can't be led by not only bad emotions, but good emotions, too. Because it's bad and good, you know, when it's good, well, it's good. <laughs> you're on that high, you're good, everything is going right, the, you're driving, the, the lights are clicking at the right time, right, right. red light turning green, everything on go. <laughs> and you just going, you're, you're going, going, and then you got somewhere to be. You got somewhere to be, and you know you should have planned your time 20 minutes ahead 
<laughs> at least 15 minutes there to get what you need to go. It's not everybody else's fault. Right, right. <laughs> that you have so-and-so driving in the fast lane going 45 hit a 60. <laughs> it's not her fault. Mm -mm. It's your fault. I'm going to point at myself. I'm going to point at my, my fault. <laughs> it's my fault because um, what happens is that we need to see everything that the Lord has for us when it comes to the truth. You know, understand that. Oh, yeah, let me finish what else he said. He said, can't be led by good emotion or bad emotion. You have to be led by the spirit. So everything in the truth. And when you led by the spirit, he's not saying we feel as we go. Right, the Bible right. said we feel as we go. So we have feelings. Right. So when you accept that, that you have feelings, okay. But you can't be like kids are led by their emotions, right? right? But when they mature, they see things. There's things that that their parents can tell them that they couldn't tell them before because right. they have some understanding. Right. You know, so that's how it is when with our spiritual maturity, when we grow in faith. Right. It's things that we can handle. I'm not going to give my second grader my wallet and say, hold it for the whole day. Hey, hey buddy, yeah, you can hold this for the, just hold it, just hold on to it. Because he'll hold on to it. He might, you know, something may look, okay, I'm going to take this out, take this out. He want to share? Because kids like to share. Oh, kids like to share. Here you go. Oh, you don't get a, uh, I call them, I call them polar cups. They call them ices. I say, you, he said, you want a polar cup? Mr. Jonathan, get your polar cup. He say, yeah, 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 okay. He go, he go dollar, he go dollar. Uh, he go something, he go a change, he go, uh, <laughs> out of my wallet, right. <laughs> and, um, but that's, in a way that's good because we want to have that same thing because when we start to get older, at least I can speak for myself, you have something called reasoning that gets in the way with, with the in the natural. It's like, oh, I could give you that, but I don't know where my next five are coming from. You know, uh, I could. But what happens is that when you are childlike, no matter. You see that person is going through something, you better give them something. You're going to do it. You're gonna do it. You're not gonna be childish and say, I'm gonna hold on to it. You don't look, you don't look um, helpless enough. You don't look helpless enough. Oh, you better help them. Look, I don't know what you're going through, but you're going through something and you need it. So you give it to them and they take it. But guess what? When they take it, you can't be thinking about what they're gonna do with it. And I learned that from my man of God. Because he got that from downloaded straight from heaven. So that's why you can't, you just take, get it, give it, praise the Lord. Keep it moving. And I understand the thought, what, what if you say, the thought may come. The thought may, yeah, the thought gonna come. But you gotta cast it down, because that thought, guess what? That thought isn't yours. And you can say, wait, wait a minute. You got people that say, I come in contact with them. I can't, it's, I can't love so-and-so. They just did so-and-so, so-and-so to me. I say, no, 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 no. You got it messed up because you can still do, you can still give that person, you know, bless them. You can still bless them. I'll tell you how. First, you look in the Word of God, and it shows God doesn't hate the, pe the people. He hates the sin. Because there's something, it's in the book of Rome that talks about the, the abominable sins. He never saved the abominable person. You don't see, you don't see that person you hate. You don't see uh, abominable Johnny. Uh, immoral Johnny 
immorality, so-and-so, so-and-so. No, you don't see that. You see immorality, you see what he's in, what's on him. And if you love him that much, you're gonna push past and get past your own measure of faith and push your measure to tr see the truth and help him. That's why we, it's important for us to get past ourselves. That's a part of, that's a part of uh, chapter, uh, Romans 12, verse three. You were tossed about, because I'm gonna talk about the level. That's what I'm getting to now, it's the level of uh, faith that you have to have. You know, it's only thinking highly when you, you say, okay, I use, an, I use an even more example. You say, okay, I'm doing this for the Lord. Bless God. I'm getting this car. I'm getting all this stuff in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Because it's going to help me get where I need help. Who? Not only you, but it's going to help. He needs to help. Yes, it helps you. You want it to help you. Yes. God blesses us. He loves us. Because you matter. You want it to help you, but you want also to do it for a purpose. Because you're a conduit. You're a conduit of love. You got to see yourself as that. God getting through you to help people through you. So he asked to help you and so-and-so, so-and-so. That's the level you want to think on. Because what happens is that you may say, okay, God is, you know, God is doing this. And yes, he's doing that. But if you are, the Bible in Proverbs that talks about withholding something. When you know to do good, but you withhold it, that's withholding and that's shortening your faith. Because we have this here. Oh, you call yourself a faith uh, giant, giant, right? And uh, you have this here. And the great thing about this, you can get this thing about 10 feet. Mr. D, can I dig it? Thank you so much. You can pull this right there. So we can keep going. I'm not going to go too far. But you can go, go, go. Oh, yeah, I'm doing all this. So this thing is all long, right? So it's all the way here. And um, praise the Lord. You're helping people. You're doing things. You even see the testimonies in this. You're seeing all the great things you, you bless people with and change people's lives and everything. But guess what happens? It kind of shortens because uh, you start seeing yourself at times. You say, well, you know, I kind of I help with this. I kind of help doing this and whatnot. And, not, and the guy say, wait, wait, well, you supposed to acknowledge me in all things. Oh, thank you, sir. And then it starts shortening. Eventually, oh, thank you. eventually it goes like that. To where you have to, like we talked about this morning, we have to reestablish yourself. Um, in the faith, yeah, in the faith. Because you still have, you still have the thing, but for some way, you seem to have forgotten. And what was already revealed to you seems to be clouded. The smoke screen has came up. Because it's still there, but that smoke screen is causing it to uh, be hidden again. But uh, I don't want to go too much longer. Uh, see how much time I have, but God is, God is really, really impressing me to uh, share that with you when it comes to the measure of faith. So when it comes to quality, I want to touch on quality too, because I, I said the quality earlier. Quality, um, the definition shows, I have my source for that here. In Oxford Dictionary, it shows that the standard, uh, quality is the standard of something as measured against other things of a similar kind. The degree of excellence of something. So it's two, two ways here. Quality is good, but what I, what I see here in this definition is that quality can go either way. Because you can see quality, the wrong quality, when you compare other people, you see the quality of their life compared to yours, and you go to comparing, 
But also it can go the way where <clears throat> the degree, the degree of excellence, you see the excellence in somebody and you see you have a heart that is soft enough to impart into them, to encourage them, to really tell them something that can help them but also helps you. Because God always helps those who are helping. And also it shares that it's an improvement <clears throat> in product quality. So God always improves, improves us, as I've said, always improves us, whether we see it or not, because we have a, a great intercessor. Because when Jesus Christ, our greatest intercessor, he's always improving because he's always praying for us. So praise God. Um, so but to have quality, I touched on it earlier, but I, I think it's worth re repeating again to those who I never want to, you know, take, I never want to um, assume everybody's saved in here. So to have quality, you must be qualified. So what qualifies you to be in faith? What qualifies you to be in faith? Well, we can look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. It says here, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So... Like I said, it doesn't matter where you start. As long as you're in faith, you already overcame the world. If the devil tells you anything, go back to the scripture and say, you know, I already overcame the world. Uh, you know, with even going further, John chapter 1 verse 12. This one I've uh, spoken on and the Lord has used me to speak it on with uh, the men's ministry. Flight group. The flight, we have flight groups for those watching online. Please come in and find out more about it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes, John chapter 1, verse 12. It says here, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So it's two parts here. Receiving and believing. But guess what? You do both parts at the same time when you first say you receive and believe. So what's that saying? You receive him. You say, OK, you open, your heart is open. He's in your heart. But you believe him. So you acted with faith, too. So you can't say you never use faith. You had to have faith to believe in God. And so that's where the standard is set. The degree of excellence is set right there. Everything that you want, because he's a guy who feels all in all. See, everything you need is already in you. You just got to recognize it. And I'm speaking this to myself because I need, like Pastor said, I need encouragement daily. All of, yeah. Uh, now you are, we're free. So now you're free. Once you're qualified, you're free. You're free and able to walk in this truth. Not in your truth, but in his truth. But guess what? His truth becomes your truth. Mm -hmm. His truth becomes your truth. That's when things are revealed to you. So with that, you know, childlike, because that's a part it talks about. You cannot even see the kingdom without humbling yourself as a child. But people may say, well, you know, I'm, I'm Why would I want to be like a child? No, no, no. I'm not saying childish. No, I'm not saying get on a potty. You a grown man or woman. No. 
You can still go to the men's room, women's room, but don't. I'm saying, I'm saying childlike, okay? That means have joy, recognize fun when you see fun, okay? Don't be like a, a, a mad Sally or a mad Johnny and you see something that's fun, you try to see something deep in it and no, we can't, mm, we can't do that. Mm -mm. That says hot dog, I don't want anything to have to do with, with hot in it, like hell. So I can't eat that. So that's I'm, I'm just saying that's what can happen. So it's you know it's it's something else. But uh, we gotta just just be free, be free. So we may feel feel as we go but be free to know the source of those feelings, the true source where those feelings come from. Thank you, Lord, for this, you know. When have that joy of Thanksgiving in your heart, you know. But smile, even when it looks, looks nasty and on the surface, still smile. I, I see it, I see it. Still good. Don't you have it? <laughs> but, um, so it's, it's good because you can even go, I want to close this out with I don't want to be up here too. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I respect others. Oh, I respect the time that I have here. It's a blessing and I'm up here. First John. Let's go to First John chapter 3 verse 18. It says here, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So what it's saying here are a couple things. It's saying with not loving in word or in tongue, not just loving in word alone. Because notice here, it has word, if I'm, it has word lowercase, right? Yeah. It's not saying, it doesn't have the word. That's word alone. That's just saying something willy-nilly. Just some, like Pastor Kim said, some saying filibusters, right? You sending those up. God's like, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? I love you, though. <laughs> but uh, it's like, okay, Lord, you got to pry the word of God. You got to do it in a sincerity and in truth. That means taking the time to saying, I speak words of wisdom, words of life, words of health. And your soul, man, is already lined up to your spirit because he already know what's going on. Like your spirit, like, all right, soul, I told you this already. So like, mm, I know, I know, I got it. Yeah, words of life. God, God life. Okay. Okay. So that's how, it's, that's how it goes. When you're speaking in sincerity and in truth and you're just sincere about it, you're real about it, you have nothing else to, to be a, uh, ashamed of when it comes to you speaking those words. Like, uh, I don't know, it just, I don't feel anything as I say it. And your feelings will catch up. Your feelings going to catch up. Yeah. yeah God is, yeah. No mind. No mind at all. Um, so I just want to conclude and say love is, love us not, you know, love in word or tongue. And when you have truth and you say these things, say it. Speak it. When you know that truth, speak it. Say it. Because that's how you continue to walk out your freedom. Because freedom is not, you still have to free your soul, man. You have to free your soul, man. And in walking in that, the freedom is that we have to say it. We can't just be closed mouthed because we have to speak a word. Because words are very important. Because the word, 
Like it says in the book of John, the word is God. Word is very important. So I encourage you all to continue to speak the word, continue to be encouraged, to receive the encouragement you received uh, earlier today. That wasn't just for pastor to feel minutes. Okay. He said that because God gave him a fresh revelation on that to tell you. Okay. And receive that. Everything that your neighbor told you. Yeah. Receive it. And receive it with joy. Okay. Oh, bless God. I, I received that. You know, and it just accept it. Because we all love each other in here. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. But God is so good. And I love you all. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're growing in faith, right? Amen. Amen. Minister Barbie, you ready? Come on, keep uh, praising the Lord and let's receive just the uh, minister Barbara, she comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. He is good and his mercy endures forever. I am grateful for this opportunity to minister God's word. It is spirit and it is life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor, Pastor Kim, for this opportunity. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this time in your word. We thank you, God, uh, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, that every word that be, will be released today will be inspired by your Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, for open hearts. I thank you, God, that our spiritual eyes and ears are open. Our hearts are pr prepared and ready to receive. And, Father, I just yield myself as a, as a vessel to you and ask that, you speak through me, Father, and I just trust, God, the work that you're going to do in me and the work that you're going to do through me in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, um, it is important for believers to understand the time and the season that we are presently in. Um, I know if you hang around this, this house, uh, we, we receive prophetic words all the time. And even this, just this year alone, we've received words that this is a year of great opportunity, that this is a year of great harvest, that this is a year of revealing, that this is an era of flourishing. And all those are things that, that God wants to do in our lives. Most recently, we received a word about... Um, that we were exiting the highway of toil and that the winds of prosperity were blowing in our lives and even throughout the year we've been receiving words that tell us you know pastor kim came and she taught about don't give up and don't look back and we learned about we just finished learning about revelation and we've been learning about greatness and who we are and god and all those little words they are all a they're all pieces of the grand puzzle, the, the grand thing that God wants to do in us and through us and for us. And so it's very important that we as believers, as the church, as the body of Christ, understand the time and the season that we're in. You know, one of the things that Pastor um, has been saying to us is that every prophetic word that we've been receiving, even throughout the years, is for right now. It's, it's, for, it's for right now. And we got to recognize and we have to understand 
what is happening in the realm of the spirit right now. And you know, when I was growing up, my dad, he used to read the newspaper every single day. He would come home, he would sit on the couch, he would cross his legs, and he would read the newspaper every single day. And you know, I remember my sister, uh, she used to make me watch Gil Guayardo every morning. You remember that? She used to watch the news every single morning. And so there are a lot of people who, they, they, they watch the news. It's like they don't want to leave the house until they have watched the news, until they watch the news because they want to know uh, the weather. They want to know what the weather's going to be like. They want to know what's going on in the, in the country. They want to know, you know, what's going on. And they don't want to just know just to know, but they want to know so that they can be prepared. Is there traffic? Do I need to have another route to work this morning? Is it going to rain? Do I need to bring an umbrella? Listen, prophecy is the news for the kingdom of God. Prophecy is the report that God sends to his people to let us know what's going on in the kingdom so that we can know how to govern our lives. And so when these prophetic words come forth, I take these words very seriously. I take them seriously. Okay, Lord, now what did you say is happening in this season? Okay, how do I need to position myself so that this prophecy can be fulfilled in my life? I take those words very, very seriously. Because it's the news. And when we hear these prophecies, we cannot despise them. But we have to take them and we have to war a good warfare over them. And we have to position ourselves so that we can receive them. And so with that being said, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 that God is coming back for a glorious church. A church without spot. Or wrinkle. Let me see. Did I write down the definition for that? Oh, yes, I sure did. <laughs> glorious. <laughs> glorious. Listen to what this is. This is the kind of church that Christ is coming back for. Yeah. Glorious. It means held in great esteem. Yeah. Yeah. Of high repute. Yeah. Illustrious. Yeah. Honorable. Yeah. Esteemed. Yeah. So if you are the church... And I am the church. We need to be uh, of high esteem. We need to be illustrious. Okay? And so that is what God is doing in this time and in his season. It's that kairos. It's that, it's that appointed time for God to do something. And God is not doing this for us per se. Yeah, we get to enjoy it, but he's doing it for his own namesake. He's doing it for his own purposes. And this has to be fulfilled before Christ comes back. And Christ is it's, it's, it's getting about that time. It's getting about that time. And so God is ready to begin to position us as the church for his return so that he can come back for a glorious church, for a glorious bride. Amen? Amen. All right. So if you're anything like me, when the word comes forth, I believe it and I receive it. But sometimes when the word comes forth, we're like, okay, God, I heard what you said. And I believe what you said. But how is this going to happen? <laughs> going to do this in my life and so that's what we want to discuss tonight so we're going to talk tonight from the topic programmed for increase programmed for increase we learned a while back that we were programmed for greatness amen but we're also programmed for increase let's look at the first scripture here in Genesis 
chapter 1, verse 28, and we're going to look at it from the New International Version, the NIV. Genesis 1, 28, and it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living, living creature that moves on the ground. All right, so from this verse we can see that we have been given by God an inherent power to increase, okay? I, I didn't mention this before I got started, but our foundational uh, scripture here is Deuteronomy 8.18. Can we just read that real quick? Real quick, this is, this is the foundation for what we're talking about. Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers, as it is this day. So everything that we talk about today is going to be from the foundation that he gives us the power to produce wealth. That he gives us the power to get wealth. And so we see right here in Genesis 1.28 that God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and what? Increase. Alright? Now, remember this is Genesis chapter 1 where we learn about creation. Okay? So in Genesis chapter 1 uh, it talks about how God created the heavens and the earth. And it tells us that uh, God said, let there be light. And what happened? There was, light. there was light. So what do you think happened when God spoke over Adam and spoke over Eve that they should increase and that they should multiply? It empowered them. It empowered them to do exactly what he told them to do. It wasn't just word. It wasn't just a suggestion. It wasn't even just a command. It was an empowerment. It was an impartation of supernatural ability to increase and multiply. Hallelujah. So the power is already in you. The power is already in you. Look at the person next to you and tell them I got the power. Hallelujah. The power is already there. Let's go look at another verse here. Let's go to Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 and 15 in the New King James. Matthew 25, 14 and 15 in the New King James. And it says, For the kingdom of heaven, I'm on a time frame, so y'all gonna have to keep up with me, okay? It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Okay? So we see here that the man was traveling to a far country and he called his servants to himself and he gave them talents, money, according to their own ability. Now, let's look at this word ability in the Greek. And I think we have that so you guys can see it on the screen. It's um, Strong's number G1411. 
All right. Y'all, that word is dunamis. Y'all know the word dunamis is the word power? It's power. So he gave them talents according to their own power to increase. Okay? All right. So this word, this word uh, dunamis, it means inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. We already said that the power is already in you from Genesis 1. So power to increase is, is a part of your nature. And it says, um, or which a person or thing exerts or puts forth. So we see here in the, in the story that Jesus is telling that each person was given power. And you know, in the, if we look at that in the, um, in the King James Version, it uses the word um, several. It says each one was given to his several ability. And that word several means pertaining to oneself. So that means that you personally have power to increase. Personally. There is one for you. See, I can't increase doing what God called you to do. I got to increase according to my own several ability. You have to increase according to what God has placed in you. So we see that each person was given ability and each person was expected to use whatever power they had to produce increase for the master. That's good. Whether he gave you one, whether he gave you two, or whether he gave you five, we all have an, an, an expectation to do something with it. That's right. We all have an expectation to produce increase for the master. No one is exempt. All right? Okay. All right, so now, you know, you know the good thing is that whatever level you start off at, you don't have to stay there. If you're tired of having one talent, guess what you need to do? Do something with the one that you have. And as you're faithful over the one talent, you know you'll be a, ru a ruler over many. You know that your power will increase. We saw it in the story. He started off as, as one of them started off as a two talent. But by, by the time it was all said and done, he was what? Four talent. One of them started off as five talent, but by the time it was all said and done, he was what? No, he was 11. <laughs> Remember, he got five, but the one who had the one talent, who didn't do anything with it, it was given to the one with 10. So if you're tired of being one talent, go ahead and work with the talent that God has given you, and your faithfulness will qualify you for more talent, for more power. Amen? Okay, ooh. We've already, we have established that there is an inherent power in each and every one of us to prosper and increase. Why are we waiting on somebody to give us something? Why are we waiting for someone to give us something that God has programmed us to produce, to create? Deuteronomy 8.18, he's given you the power to produce. To produce. Produce, that means, that means you can make your own. I can make my own. You can make your own. 
Oh my goodness. You can make your own. That's good news. It's good news that God has created us with an inherent power to increase and to multiply. It's good news that he's given each and every one of us ability to increase and multiply. But I got some bad news. Although we've been programmed for increase, the problem with most of us is that we have been conditioned for lack. See, God created us with the inherent ability to increase and multiply. Whatever we put our hands to, it's supposed to grow, it's supposed to prosper, it's supposed to flourish. But the problem, even though we've, program we've been programmed, we've allowed ourselves to be conditioned for lack. Let's take a look at what that word conditioned means. And this is just a dictionary definition from dictionary.com. The word conditioned means characterized by a predictable or consistent pattern of behavior, pattern or behavior, or thought as a result of having been subjected to certain circumstances and conditions. So the even though we've been programmed for increase, the things that we have experienced in our lives has caused us to be conditioned for lack. That's why, that's why children, they don't care how much stuff costs. Because they haven't been conditioned yet. But they become conditioned when they keep hearing, uh, you can't afford that. That costs too much. Stop asking for that. We, they become conditioned. It, it probably has happened to most of us in this room. Somehow by the situations and the circumstances and the experiences that we have had, we've allowed ourselves to be conditioned for lack. Even though we've already been programmed for increase. Let's look at some illustrations of this in scripture. We're going to start in 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. So the prophet, she's, she's in trouble. She's in financial trouble. The man of God comes to her and asks her, you know, what do you want me to do? What do you have in your house? Her response, nothing but a jar of oil. That's all I, that's all I have, nothing but, but a jar of oil. Why didn't she just say, I have some oil? <laughs> Why didn't she just say, I, I have some oil? But because she had been conditioned for lack, she saw it as nothing. She saw it as insignificant. The enemy had tricked her into, 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 tricked her into believing that she didn't have anything. But she had something. But she was looking 
through the wrong. I, I remember Elise, oh my God, Elise used to mess with me. I would be, you know, I would go in the kitchen and be like, man, we don't have any jelly. And she would go in there and she'll look in the door. She'd be like, girl, all this jelly in here. You're looking with the wrong eye. If you don't scrape that jelly. <laughs> if you don't scrape that jelly out. And she used to always tell me, you're looking with the wrong eye. And so this lady, she was looking with the wrong eye. She was looking through the lack eye instead of looking through the abundance eye. <laughs> Let's go to John chapter 6. Y'all know, y'all know when you, 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 you almost out of toothpaste. Toothpaste tube, get a little, get a little flat. You better look with the right eye. There's some toothpaste in there. <laughs> right. Please do not take the scissors to your toothpaste tube, okay? It's not that serious. Just get some new toothpaste. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go to John chapter 6. Come on. John chapter 6, <laughs> verses 5 through 10. <laughs> John chapter 6, verses 5 through 10. And it says, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test them, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. So here again, we see the same thing with the disciples. When they're posed with, uh, they're faced with, with, a, with a challenge where they have a financial need, and um, you know, God's, Jesus asked them, hey, what, what, what do we have? And what did they say? And all they had to say was, we have some fish and we have some bread. But what did they say? Nothing but two small, why did I say small fish? <laughs> And what, but what is that amongst, like, why do they have to do all the explanations? Because they were looking with the wrong eye. They were looking through the eyes of lack. They were looking through the eyes, not of what they had, but they were looking through the eyes of what they did not have. And if you notice, the prophet Elijah or Jesus, neither one of them even addressed that. They said, you know, they, when, 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 when the prophet heard oil, he was like, you got some oil? Okay, you need to get some vessels. When they told Jesus, hey, Jesus, we have two fish, five loaves of bread. Oh, you got some bread? You got some loaves? Okay, God can work with that. Y'all right. sit down. We getting ready to eat. Right. Because they saw, they were looking through the right eyes. Right. They saw that they had something for God to work with. They had something for God to move on that would not only meet their need, but exceed their need. The very thing that you're looking at and saying it's not enough, 
is the very thing that God can use to bring you into more than enough. The same thing that you're looking at, like, man, this is all I have. You know, that's all you need? Man, this thing, when, 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 I, when the Lord was, this is not y'all word, I'm just letting y'all, I'm just sharing it with you all, okay? This was my word, okay? But when, when, I, when, I, when I started meditating, I said, wait, I have something that can produce more than enough not just for me, but Je Jesus fed the multitudes. Jesus fed the multitudes. So by the time it was all said and done, they didn't, she didn't just have enough to pay her debt. The prophet said, okay, pay your debt and you and your sons live off the rest. They didn't just have, you know, enough just for everybody to have one piece of fish and one piece of bread. No, they had 12 baskets full left over by the time it was all said and done. And so they were looking at what they had as insignificant in comparison to, to, what, their, to what their need was. And see, the trick of the enemy is to keep us focused on lack. It's his trick to keep us focused on what is missing, what we don't have. Because if we can stay focused on what we don't have, then he'll keep us out of Thanksgiving. If he can keep us out of Thanksgiving, then he can keep us out of joy. If he can keep us out of joy, he can keep us out of faith. If he can keep us out of faith, he can keep us out of manifestation. He can keep us from receiving because we're focused, because he has us focused on that lack. So we're going to take our eyes off of the lack, and we're going to know and we're going to understand that we have an inherent power given to us by God to multiply and increase, and we're going to know that we have something that God can bless. You know, see, the Bible says that um, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. You know, the Bible says when, when Jesus took those fish and those loaves, the Bible says he took it and he blessed it. And then he divided it. So the blessing was the multiplier. The blessing is what caused it to multiply. Even back to Genesis, the Lord did what? Bless them and said. And so that same blessing is on you. That same blessing to multiply, to increase, to produce, it is on you. In the name of Jesus. It's on you. And so what we have to do is we have to identify what's in our house. We have to identify what is in our house? What is it that God has given? Remember, several, several ability. Each one, an ability. So what is it that God has given you? So we have to determine that. And once we determine that, remember, as soon as they determined what they had, they received an instruction on what to do with it.
which led them to their increase. So there is some skill, there is some talent, there is some dream, there is some idea, there is some resource. Desirable oil and treasure are in the dwelling of the wise. There is something desirable on the inside of you that people will pay for. Whether you believe it or not, Genesis 1, it's already in you. It's already in you. And this is the time in the season when God wants to reveal it to the world. Oh, everything that you need for your financial breakthrough is already in your possession. The power, the anointing, the gift, the ability, the skill is already in you. Okay? So, we need to identify what's in our house. We need to identify what it is that God has given us. What is, it, what is that desirable thing that he's placed in us? And then once we do that, then he'll tell us how to prepare for it. Go get you some vessels. Make the people sit down. And once that happens, then he'll give us the instruction. Okay, pour it out. Okay, divide it. And there we have it. Now, there's one thing here that we want to close with. And we're going to find that in Luke 16. Luke 16, verse number 10. And it says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is, faith, who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. So here's the, here's the missing link. You have the power, you have the resources. God has already given them to you. He cannot give you faithfulness. He cannot, you have to give him faithfulness. So once you receive the instruction, you now have to be faithful of it, over it, even in its small state. Even in its the even though it's right now it's the least, you have to be faithful over it. That means no more stopping and starting. I know because I'm guilty of it. I've been starting the same business for ten years. I've been writing the same book. I'm almost done with the book. Praise God. But I've been writing it for a long time. And before I started writing it for a long time, I was thinking about it for a long time. But we have to master faithfulness. We have to master faithfulness. And faithful means doing it when you don't feel like it. Faithful means doing it when it's not convenient for you. Listen, it's right there. It's, it's here, God. It's right God has already done it. It's the right time. It's the right season. You have the right tools. You have the right equipment. You have it. The only thing we need to do is we need to add faithfulness to it. We need to be faithful over it. 
right now when it's small. And then he'll make us ruler over much. It's the same thing with the parable that we saw. It was their faithfulness over what they had that qualified them for, for increase. That's why he called them a good and what? Faithful servant. Because in the kingdom of God, your faithfulness is what qualifies you for promotion. What kind of man will abound with blessings? A, a faithful man. So we have to, we have to, and it's a, it's a, it's a matter of mind renewal is what it is. It's a matter of mind renewal. Because we're, we're, we're like Pastor Ben teaching us, we're switching systems now. And we, we have to get out of the mindset of depending on my job, depending on this, depending on that, and start producing what God has already empowered us to produce. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much, God, for the time and the season that we are in, God, this time and season where you want to do great things in your church, Father, where you want to make us glorious, Father. And we just right now ask, God, that, that as we leave this place, Father, that we won't forget this word and that, God, as we leave this place, God, that you will show each and every one of us what is that thing that you've given us? What is the thing that you've placed in our house, Lord God, that you can use to bring us into the increase that you have purposed for us to walk in. We thank you, Father God, hallelujah, that you're teaching us, that you're training us, Father. God, and how to be faithful, God. We thank you that our minds are being renewed, Lord God, and everything that hinders us from being faithful and committed to the things that you called us to do, Father, that those things are being shaken off of us right now in the name of Jesus. And we just decree that we are faithful people that we are diligent people, that we are productive people, and that we are producing the wealth that you've created us to produce. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. That was adult lesson right there. Y'all take your seats. We're getting ready here in a moment for Sister um, for Evangelist Ernestine. I want to read a paragraph to you. Let me read something to you. It says, as many times as I've read through the Bible, I've rarely seen mention of pets. Plenty of animals, but very few pets. The revelation I got from this is that I shouldn't have pets either. No offense to Fido, but what I mean by that is our hobbies, crafts, skills, and talents are not just for our enjoyment, they are for our employment. The Proverbs 31 woman wasn't taking up interest, she was running an enterprise. She turned her skills into sickles. That's what you should do. That is, if you want to reap your harvest, it won't reap itself. That's an excerpt from a little book I wrote a few years back. Uh, five Essentials for Financial Increase in Any Economy. Uh, that has your name on it. I guess that's your book right there sitting in the basket. Deacon Mac. Uh, I encourage you to buy it. If you don't already have this book, go online and buy it. You can go on Amazon or wherever and buy it. It's like two bucks. But it'll be two of the best bucks you ever spent. Because this book talks about what Barbara just preached about. 
just laid it out that we've been given the power to get wealth. And she said something that was so, so powerful that most people are sitting around waiting on something to be given to them. That's, this, it just, that, that just takes a long time. When God has given you the power to get, it didn't say power to receive, power to get wealth. And so there's something God has put on the inside of every one of us. You know, the blessing, she said, I was, it was about to come off my lips right, right before she said it. The blessing is the multiplier. It's the multiplier. But you know, if, if you got a thousand, if I say I multiply everything by a thousand, but if I, if I multiply a thousand times zero, it's still zero. So I got, if I got this blessing, this multiplier, I got to put, let it work on something. And most of the people body of Christ are sitting around waiting on a handout. And we're trying to live off really God's welfare system as opposed to God's wealth covenant system. Glory to God. Amen. Barbara, excellent. 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 Get the book. Get the book. Two dollars. Two dollars is not, not going to change my life if you spend two dollars on a book. Trust me. I'm not trying to pitch this book to change my life. It's not going to change my life. I don't even get the whole two dollars. Okay, so praise the Lord. So buy the book. Evangelist Bland, you ready? Amen. Come on, receive her tonight, our final speaker of the night. Evangelist Ernestine Bland, woman of God, is coming to minister, preach to us. Pour out of her spirit. Come on, keep those hands going. Let's encourage her. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to give honor to God tonight. Hallelujah. To Pastor Anderson, Pastor Kim, I thank you for this opportunity. But first, I have to say thank God for Pastor Brother Jonathan and Barbara. Teach so wonderfully. Praise God. I remember when I had such a jealous spirit because I, I wasn't a teacher. I'm not a teacher. But God said, use what I gave you. That's right. Hallelujah. I may not can teach like you two, but see, I'm a dreamer. <laughs> God give it to me in a dream. Hallelujah. Now, when Pastor Anderson called me on yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> And uh, he asked me to teach. I said, sure, I'll teach Wednesday night. He said, tomorrow night. I said, yeah, Wednesday night. I was thinking it was Monday. <laughs> because I don't work on Monday. And Tuesday is my first day. So I thought it was Monday. I was like, okay, what's Pastor talking about? Tomorrow night. <laughs> it's Tuesday. Okay. I was like, okay, I finally got it. Okay, today is Tuesday. <laughs> it is tomorrow night. <laughs> So when I went home, we got myself together, I said, God, give me something to give your people. And I opened the Bible, and I began to read, and probably about 10 minutes, I was asleep. <laughs> Fast asleep. So about 3 o'clock this morning, it felt like somebody walked in my room and said, take off your grave clothes. And I woke up. I was, Lord, who's this? So I said, oh, I heard that before. But I laid back down, and then I grabbed my Bible, and my Bible was, because I had been searching, trying to find something to study, it was on John chapter 11. Praise the Lord. And I began to read, I started to read at the 38th verse of John. Um, I'm reading from the Life Application Bible, so. 
and it says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with the stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they might believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hand and feet wrapped in strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. So when I heard that and I read this, I said, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? We know that you are the resurrection. We know that you can raise him from the dead. You, I, we know that you did this so that people can see that, God, that it was God that sent you. But what are you telling me tonight? And he said, I'm not talking about a, a piece of garment. I'm talking about those things that easily beset us. He said, I need you to take yours off and then tell my people to take off their grave clothes. Sometimes we so easily forget that there are some things that are so embedded in our hearts, so deep in us that we, we sometimes we'll forget. So I started to search myself. I said, Lord, when you gave me this before, I, I remembered I had such a jealous spirit. I was just saved, and that no Holy Ghost, you know, just saved. So I was learning. So I, I searched myself. Then he gave me, I, I, I really searched because he gave me a dream on last night, and he showed me. When he first gave me that message, I was sitting by the water in front of the banging trees over on Dartmoor Street. And he showed me sitting there searching myself to find out what it is. Because see, I want to live right for Christ and what it is. You know what I'm saying? I was saved, no Holy Ghost, trying to live the best I can. But still there were things that beset me. I couldn't give my all to God because I was still living with grave clothes. And see, that's what it is when we don't take off these things. We still have dead clothes on. So what he was trying to show us when he called Lazarus from the grave, he was wrapped in linen. He was wrapped in these clothes. They don't do this in the grave no more. But I can imagine when he called them out, Lazarus probably could hardly walk because he was wrapped in those dead things, you know. He could probably not even talk because he was wrapped up in those things. So when we wrapped up in jealousy and rage and anger and malice and backbiting and filthiness, all kind of nasty talk, when we wrapped up in that stuff, we can't serve God or see God the way he wants us to do. So I said, God, you tell him, is it something I need to take off? Because I'll take it off. Because I want to serve you. I, I have not forgotten what you've done for me. I have not forgot where you brought me from. Should have been, could have been dead and gone. But because you love me. And he loves us. He gives us the opportunity to take that off. Praise God. So I started to search myself 3 o'clock this morning. And I said, God, what is it? And he took me to my job. And I remembered so clearly right after he took me when I was 
first in one position. I was witnessing when I first went in there. And then they moved me into another position. And when I got back there, the people talked so much, they're so bold, and they talked filthy. And now I wasn't talking filthy, but I was listening. You know, we got to be careful even what we listen to. Because it was in, it, it, it gets in you. You know, and because I'm a dreamer, and then the enemy intercedes, I started to dream things. Hallelujah. So I, I stood up in the bed and I said, God, I'll take it off right now. In the name of Jesus. And I said, I want you to have them move me too from where I work at. You know, because I, I don't want to. But he said, no, they don't have to move you. When they start talking, you start witnessing. You start talking about Jesus. Because he said, you stop talking. You just, not that you were listening or, or, or getting into the conversation, but you stopped talking. Because see, once we start talking about Jesus, that's going to stop. They're not, they're going to learn how to respect you. So today when I went to work and when the guy started talking about some stuff and I started telling him about the goodness of Jesus. You know what he asked me? Who are you? I said, you know who I am. What do you mean? Who am I? They told me you was a preacher, but all that time I was back here talking, you never said anything. I said, well, I'm saying it now. I'm talking to you right now. So he's like, you don't have to worry about me talking that way in front of you anymore. Ain't God a good God? Hallelujah. But I went to go with me to uh, Colossians chapter 3. And I was going to start at fifth verse, but I'm going to go ahead and start at first verse. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, yes. where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, no, I'm sorry. When Christ, who is your life, appear, then you will appear with him in glory. It said, the book I was reading last night said, mortify, therefore your memories. That means put to death. Put to death those things that easily beset us. Don't set them aside because they'll come back. That you got to kill them. <laughs> so he said, put them to death. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So we have to take off those grave clothes. We have to take off those things. Filthy talking, all that stuff. You say we can't control our dreams. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Because see, the enemy, since I was listening to them, had me dreaming some things that I, I don't even want to share. <laughs> You know, I was like, God, how am I stand before your people with that kind of stuff? And I, I can't, you, yeah, that's got to go. And I asked God, I said, Lord, where the Holy Ghost, where the Holy Ghost leave me? <laughs> no, it's not. You got to use it. You got to put it to practice. You know what I'm saying? If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. But when you take those things off, because I'm not going to be before you long. So let me tell you what you got to do when you take those things off. When we, we move something, we got to put something in place of it, right? Amen. 
He said, uh, you used to walk in these, these um, things and in life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, as anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy languages from your lip. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with this practice and have put on a new self. We have to put on a new garment. When we take off our grave clothes, we got to place it with something and put on a new garment, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of his creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, somebody pronounce that word? Scythians, slave or free, but Christ is in all and is in all. Therefore, we choose to put on a new garment. Hallelujah. We have to be imitators of Christ. We have to be like Christ, you know, even in his forgiveness. We have to be an imitator. That's what he's called us to do. Hallelujah. We have to let love guide our life. You know, love out of all the fruits of the spirit, love is the greatest one. I heard Jonathan say it covers a multitude of things. Praise God. We have to let peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Always be thankful. Hallelujah. I was thinking about that. I remember when I was young and I was in church and I used to hear the people uh, talk about when I think of the goodness of Jesus. It seemed like everybody would say that. I think of the goodness of Jesus. And I was like, oh, they all say the same thing. But after I come to know Christ. <laughs> hallelujah. When I think of the goodness of Jesus. And all he's done for me. My soul cries out hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. Y'all don't know like I know and nobody can tell it like I can tell. <laughs> I'm not about to send your mind there but I was something else and I thank God if he can save a wretch like me. Hallelujah you just don't know. <laughs> thank you Jesus. <laughs> To God, hallelujah. We have to keep the word of God in us at all times. This is, if we keep the word of God, it causes these dead things to stay away from us. So that's why we read and study to show thyself approved. We have to keep that word. We have to live as Christ's representative. We have to be a representative of Christ. We have to show ourselves like he is. That's why we are imitated. It goes right back to being an imitator of Christ. Hallelujah. We have to be um, in our own clothes. I mean, in my closing tonight, before I even close, I'm just tell you, we need to strip it off. The message God gave me was sometimes we hide things because we don't want anybody to know. So sometimes prayer lines call and we won't get up. Because we've been in church so long, and we should know better, and we won't get up and get prayer. But that's not what God wants. He said, those things that are hidden will come to light. And people are going to see anyway. And then you, the results are not going to be good. So God said to tell his people to take off your grave clothes. All those things that you have hidden, you need to take them off. If you're jealous, take them off. If you're a liar, take them off. If you're a backbiter, take them off. If there's some anger in you, 
take it off. Rage in you, take it off. Filthy speaking, take it off. Go ahead and take it off. Don't be ashamed. If you got to come to Pastor, uh, uh, Pastor Kim in secret, come on. They'll help you pray. For, they'll help you. They'll pray you right through it. I believe it. If you need me, I will. Because I've been needing people too. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I went to God. I said, I'm going to you, Lord. I'm going to come to you first. And if you need me to go somewhere else, then I'll go. Because those things that were going through my, in the last couple of weeks was causing me not to even be in church. I know y'all know this. I creep up in here sometimes. <laughs> Late. Sleeping. The enemy was working on me. And I didn't know it was because of what I was listening to. What I was listening to. Hallelujah. Not, not, not being ashamed of God because I'm not. But I just didn't say anything. I was just quiet and I would listen to them. And they would say something sometimes, expecting me to laugh or something. But there was no laughter. But still, I did not interject and say, well, Christ wouldn't, you know, this is this, you know, I didn't do that. So God said, wake up. Take those things off. Hallelujah. I am sorry I didn't bring you a great word tonight. Because I did fall asleep. But I thank God for using me <laughs> in my dream and letting me know that you got to take those things off, sister. And let it start with you. So I leave with you today. If there's a garment that you have on that is not of Christ, take it off. Take it off. Pray my strength in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, give God a great hand of praise for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We have to do it. We have to do it ourselves. Amen. When, when Lazarus came, came forth out of that grave, he couldn't function. He was alive. That's, that's a picture of us being born again. But he couldn't function because he was wrapped up in all his grave clothes. So he needed somebody to help him do that. And so now you and I, we have the help. Jesus Christ helps us, helps us initially, but now we have to start renewing our minds, as Jonathan talked about. We start changing these things and glitting and, and shedding off those things that are holding us up from really walking in God freely as we, as we know how to. Amen. Will you give all three of our speakers a big hand tonight and show the Lord we appreciate them? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So as Ernestine, that was a good message. It was a great message. Don't ever say that. Amen. Just what we need. Straight to the point. No chaser. <laughs> just hit it right. The way we need it. Amen. Sometimes you need to hit that. Boom. Just take that foolishness off your life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we look forward to coming back on Sunday morning. Look for a great time together uh, in the Lord. Uh, Everybody, if you brought a child with you, a teenager or, or, or a middle schooler, don't leave them. They're next door. Get your children, take them home so we don't have to call the sheriffs on you. Amen. Grab hands. It's about the next to you. Let's be dismissed. Hallelujah. You can grab my hand. You can grab his hand. Wow. <laughs> you can grab Victor's hand if you want a hand. You want a hand? <laughs> I'll mess, mess with my son over there. <laughs> 
Father, thank you so much tonight for all that we have received, all that we have learned tonight. I thank you for each speaker and them availing themselves to preach and teach the word of God to us. Thank you, Lord, that God, that as, as the time that they've spent hearing from you, Lord, and pouring out, that God, you will, rep- that you will pour back into them, replenish them, and uh, encourage them, Father, in the faith. I pray that, Father, the words that, we, that we've heard, Lord, we know that you, your word will not return to you void, but it will accomplish that which you please and will prosper the thing to which you send it. So let your word uh, accomplish things in our lives, we pray. Continue to bless us as we leave tonight from this place. Let us find our homes, our families, everything in order. Keep us throughout this weekend. Protect us from all hurt, harm, or danger. Bring us back together on Sunday, Lord, without the loss of one. And we will continue to give you the praise and glory and honor for all things we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, God bless you. We love you. Have a great night. And we'll see you on Sunday morning.